0: Charlemagne Tha God here. I can't wait to see you at the Black Effect Podcast Festival coming to you live on Saturday, April 22nd at the Pullman Yards in Atlanta, hosted by myself and Jess Alaska.
1: If you haven't gotten your tickets, what are you waiting for? The Black Effect is bringing some of the hottest podcasts live, like the 85 South Show, Horrible Decisions, and Big Facts for one day only, okay? For inspiring podcasters, we've got you covered. If you don't want to miss the Black Effect Podcast Festival, make sure to get your tickets today at blackeffect.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Please stand clear of the
2: doors.
3: Hey guys, we're on the monorail. I think we should do the history on Kingdom Keepers. I kind of just got done reading it with my son, uh-huh. and I think we should do the history on it. Have you guys read it? No.
4: No.
0: Never heard of it.
3: No. Well, I did. <laughs> Welcome to episode 125 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. Today we will be giving the his on Kingdom Keepers. So today we have a special guest with us. We have Equity Ben. How are you doing today, Equity Ben?
1: Hi. Hi, hi. Thank you guys for having me. Ecstatic to be here.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh, Can you kind of tell us where we can find you on social media?
1: Absolutely. Mainly on Instagram at Equity Ben. I have a cooking show that airs via stories Mondays and Thursdays. It's called Any Schmuck Can Cook that shows the entire world or really anybody who has an Instagram that truly anybody can put healthy, delicious food on their table that is home cooked and you don't have to have any sort of background in cooking and i am absolutely the proof so that airs mondays and thursdays and daily on my instagram page you can catch my at equity joke of the day where i put a little smile on your face before you grind nine to five that's daily
3: awesome yeah we're actually going to be uh Doing, we're going to be a joke of the day and then coming up sometime in November. So we're kind of looking forward. And then of course, all the jokes of the days are hilarious. So go ahead and check that out on Instagram. And also you wrote a children's
1: book. I did during the pandemic. I read to my daughter every single night. So we decided to bring that to my audience. And we did a show called hashtag stories. And while we were doing the show, I kind of realized that Children's literature is sunshine and lollipops, and it doesn't necessarily teach kids that life sucks sometimes, and the understanding that it's going to happen and kind of teach you what to do when it happens. And so I hint through this book that perhaps literature is the perfect way for you and your family to escape a crappy day. It's called Goody Ben Makes Lemonade. And I wrote it and had it illustrated and self-published. And I'm ecstatic that I have sold so many copies all on Amazon, you could just click the link in my bio on Instagram. It'll take you right to my book purchase.
3: And actually, at the end of this show, we are going to be giving away one of his books to one of our Patreon members. Oh, nice. So, you know, I know we got some of our Patreon members right now watching live. Guys, stick to the end. We're going to be giving away a book at the very end. Um, Listen,
1: you want to stick because that's $25.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We, we, we're we gonna do it man we're gonna go ahead we're, we're, do we have the budget you know I'm gonna make it work somehow I have to move, <laughs> my uh, paycheck's I'm coming yeah. this week <laughs> yeah. we're gonna cut uh, Chris's paycheck out this week <laughs>
1: <laughs> Long story short, what ended up happening. One of my favorite people in Orlando was a furloughed actor. And she also happens to be an amazing artist. Mm. And so I contacted her and I said, listen, I don't care what your rate is, illustrate the book and I'll pay you. And so twice a month, she would send out two pages and I would pay her way more than I should have. But she was, able. I was able to help a friend and then also be really proud of my product. And I'm ecstatic that it happened, and hopefully there'll be more in the future. Yeah, nice. I hope so
3: too. And now that we're talking about books, we're actually going to be digging into the history of Kingdom Keepers, which is a book, and um, so I'm excited to kind of dig into this. Before we jump into you know Kingdom Keepers <laughs> and the history of
1: Kingdom Keepers, uh,
3: you were on the Frozen, at, you were probably the top performer, I would say, over at the Frozen sing along. Is that right?
1: Well, I was one of the original performers that helped create the show. I don't necessarily know if I would call myself the top performer, but at least I had something to do with the show since day one and helped build an audience there. And when the pandemic hit, I was given the decision of whether I wanted to stay home or come back to work. And I told Disney, listen, thank you. It's been a great 15 years, but being forced to build relationships with my family, I realized truly what's important and Yeah, I might not have a beach house in 10 years and we might have to stay at the Holiday Inn instead of the Four Seasons when we go on vacation. But honestly, I would rather spend every day with my family than spend every day with somebody else's family. And that's what was happening at Disney. And I don't discount anybody who obviously has to work. I mean, my husband Mm -hmm. has a full-time job, (laughs) but I was tired of making other people's families laugh when I felt like I should be making my family laugh
3: hmm. And, you know, through the pandemic, I feel like I wish people kind of would have slowed down a little bit and really enjoy the time with their family. And I feel like they were so quick. Everyone was so quick to kind of get back to work and get back to regular life. They really I, I feel like people should have slowed down and really spent time with your family, spent time with their family, because the pandemic, you know, was a hard time. It's a hard it's still a hard time. Right. Even for my family, it's still a hard time. But I can tell you, like I was talking about with my wife ugh, last week saying that, you know, this pandemic was pretty crappy. But you know, I really enjoyed the time I got to spend with 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 my wife and with my son. You know, because we would play board games. We would you know we we spent time together, quality mm-hmm. time with, our, with with together, and our relationship have has grown because of that for sure, one hundred percent. We're not sick of each other yet. It's been two years. You know, we've been almost home every day together. Uh, my wife went back to work, but I'm still with my son. I, I work from home. And uh, I'm, I'm teaching him. I'm working from home, and it's there's nothing. It's an experience that is, um, it's it's priceless to be able to be at home with my son right now.
1: I just didn't want to be on my. Father, my mother's deathbed, and on my deathbed, and regret not spending time with truly what matters on this earth. And I'm really glad and happy with the decision that I've made. And again, I'm not judging anybody who did rush things or have had to go back to work because obviously we need money to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, tuna fish and bread and milk, they all cost money, they don't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. So We have been very fortunate and very lucky to have been able to make things work. And I will never second guess that Mm. ever. Once in a blue moon, when I hear the word Papa 7,000 times in a row, (laughs) I kind of go, you know, I think maybe I'm going to go take a hot shower. But aside from that, (laughs) I don't question my decision ever. Plus, it's allowed me to do my own thing. And really, to me, that's kind of more exciting than working for a company because i get to do whatever i want i get to say yes to projects that really excite me and no to things that i think sound stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
3: I, I can tell you though you know pre-pandemic we used to go to hollywood studios to just see you yeah i mean we would go there like okay we're going to hollywood studios of course we're going to ride the rides but we want to go to frozen sing-along and we want to see ben because you were hilarious hilarious i know that you wanted to stay home to kind of you know you want to be home and spend time with your daughter, right? Which is understandable, but you've made so many other families laugh and have made so many other families like enjoy their time at Disney. And I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for that.
1: Well, that means the world. I really did love my job. And honestly, if, if we never had kids, I would never have left my job because there is this weird medium of having to figure out purpose and family because being a dad can't be your only purpose. Being a parent can't be your only purpose. And maybe that works for some people, but that certainly doesn't work for me. I just did a stand up gig. I roasted a guy for his 40th birthday at Margaritaville. His wife hired me to roast him <laughs> at Margaritaville. Oh, wow. So I got to write a whole 20 minute stand up sketch specific to that family. And that's really what I like live for is writing, creating and being able to do my own thing.
4: Good for you that instead of you were able to identify that you, you know, you wanted to make that change and and you made that turn when you did instead of just being, you know, kind of like the rest of us, just, you know, what's the catalyst that's going to make you absolutely fed up with your job and need a change? You know, you made that change when essentially, you know, the pandemic forced it, but by not coming back and deciding, you know, having that priority shift in your life and wanting that creativity and that freedom, you know, you, you essentially left it left frozen on top. You know what I mean? Like everybody, you had definitely become in within the Disney realm, quite a household name, if you will. And so, um, for you to be able to say, you know what, this has been a fun ride. I think I'm just going to shift my priorities. Kudos to you.
1: And that was the plan. We had a five-year plan where this would happen in five years. And when the pandemic hit, we thought, well, could we tighten up some shoestring budgets and make this happen now? And we did.
3: I just want to say one thing real quick. There's when there's sometimes when you're up there on stage and you, you can tell that you were having so much fun, this getting on some of the people in the crowd. It, it it was the best so there's one time where, you, where some guy walked in he had a raincoat on and i don't even think it was like ra- i think it was raining in the morning but he had his raincoat on and he kept it on throughout the whole whole show and you were on him about wearing his raincoat and it was the funniest thing ever and that was like the, one of the best parts about go- going to see you at the show is because every time you know i know you guys had like a script that you guys need to kind of stick to but you would kind of uh make the show different every time there was
1: never the same show I certainly have like left all of that behind. But the rumor that I heard, there was an executive's kid at one of the shows and I made fun of her. And then we all came in on a Monday and all of that was gone. And we had a script and everything had to go through management, all the jokes. And this was like my last year there. And I that's when the pandemic, hit. I was like, do I want to go be a robot or do I want to be a dad? And I thought, you know, I did it that was awesome. I'm so thankful I did it. I'm not going to change. I, yeah, I'm not going to change. I want to be with my family and I'd like to do things that make me happy. And it's not that that show didn't make me happy, but
4: creative freedom. I mean, really that's what it's all about. You, when you are under the confines of the umbrella of a corporation or, you know, there are standards, cause we all know Disney's very strict with their standards, um, that, you know, it, it can stifle creativity and, and I can absolutely see where anybody would want to, especially somebody, you know, as charismatic as you would be like, I just, you know, I just want to be me because, really, it's like you said—you're stifling yourself. You hold yourself back with us. Be yourself.
1: At the same time, at that point in my career, my stand-up shows—every single stand-up show that I was producing was selling out, and I was—I was any any event that I was producing was selling out, and I thought, you know, this is this could be my full-time job, and the amount, of course, writing and. All of that takes time, but you make your own schedule, mm-hmm. so I can make right. that schedule around my daughter's life. Yeah, I do a lot of sh- stuff when she goes to bed, <laughs> I, I, I when she's napping, and now she's in school, so I have from eight until noon to get stuff done. So my cooking show, people message me all the time. Why do you cook at eight thirty in the morning? And it's like this is when I can make content. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you think that this show looks this perfect by happening live no it happens live but everything is edited you know i'm not going to be the guy that presses the button and posts that online i edit the pushing the button out because those people drive me crazy mostly it's mostly celebrities because you know there's like that celebrity you know, there's like the million dollar celebrity where somebody's actually doing all of that for them. Great, good for you. You filmed this six months ago and somebody's editing it for you. And then there's like the celebrity who's not really a celebrity and they're posting. Those people are dum-dums and all of that (laughs) makes it in. I'm like, ma'am, your dog is trapping on your carpet behind you. Maybe now is not the time to be live streaming. But so anyway, that's I use those eight, those four hours when she's at school to get stuff done. And that happens five days a week. Like that's a lot. Yeah, of time. yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah. Okay, you guys ready to get the Kingdom Keepers? Let's do it. So hold on, before we actually get started with the history, let's just talk about Kingdom Keepers. So Kingdom Keepers is a, I would say it's like a um, mid, mid, like middle school, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know, what would you call them, like teenage... late
4: elementary, late elementary, early middle school book series. Yeah,
3: and it's about Disney, and it's a very like mystery, mysterious type of book. Yeah, and um, my son and I, we were, and my wife, we were on a long road trip. And so we're, when we're on a road trip, what we what we normally do is we you know download audiobook and listen to Harry Potter. So we we used to listen to Harry Potter, but this time we listen to King Kingdom Keepers. And it's a good book. Um, so we're gonna, gonna go we're gonna go ahead and get into the history. Let's get to the his on Kingdom Keepers.
5: Kingdom Keepers is a novel series written by Ridley Pearson and published by Disney Publishing Worldwide. This novel series started in two thousand five with The Kingdom Keepers, Disney After Dark. However, this wasn't his first novel, or even his first novel written for Disney. In 2004, he co-authored a Peter Pan book. Ridley Pearson has been honored for his writing abilities, and his series, The Kingdom Keepers, has been very popular. His last Disney book was released in 2017, a Kingdom Keepers spinoff, The Return, Disney At Last.
3: So Ben, um, you know, this book series has a lot of spinoffs, right? Are you planning on writing any more books?
1: That is an idea because the characters in my book are myself and my daughter, and they use literature as an escape. So there's no reason that we can't keep escaping into other pieces of literature. Specifically with my book, Goody Ben Makes Lemonade. We jump into Goldilocks, Alice in Wonderland, all those different kinds of children's books and so there's no reason we couldn't do more absolutely
3: for sure so i know our episodes not on this book right here right but i really want to do eventually a history of these books Do you guys remember these, this oh yeah they sell those boring,
5: at the grocery store? yes they did because my wife was telling me that her grandparents used to buy them for her whenever they went shopping
3: and, and these are the road to reading books and it's pretty much like disney uh as these books they're not very long they're they're like you know um you know, there's actually a lot of text in these books, but they're uh, for ke- for like young kids, almost babies, I guess you can say, or toddlers. Um, but these books are pretty cool. I remember these books growing up. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, I had a whole set. I had those little golden books. I had a lot of those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the golden books. Yeah, yeah. they're called
0: golden books. The little golden
1: spine on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they still make A lot those. of Disney ones. Yeah. When I was like four years old, my mother took me to the grocery store and she said, you want one of these? And I said, no. And I broke her heart. And I remember going to school that day. I think I was in fourth grade. So I don't know how old you are in fourth grade. Eight, nine. Yeah, ten. Like probably I don't ten. Know. Yeah, I ten. should probably know. I have a kid and I don't know. <laughs> and I was, I cried the whole day. And the teacher's like, what's, you know, what's wrong? And I said, I said, well, you know, I told my mom that I didn't want to buy the book. And I think i upset her." <laughs> and I, you know, I was... An anxiety-ridden 10-year-old Jewish kid freaking out. And I got home and told my mom that I was really sad that I upset her. And we went to the grocery store and we got the damn book. I don't even remember (laughs) what book it was, but I remember (laughs) that story.
3: That's pretty cool. That's pretty funny.
1: (laughs) We read at least three books a day. What's her favorite book? Her favorite book right now is Dan, Dan, the Taxi Man. The Taxi Man. It's basically a poem about a hipster band. It's like Dan, Dan the taxi man, going to the show and picking up the band, climb inside if you still can with Dan. Beep, beep, the taxi man. Stop. Here's Maureen with her tambourine. Shake, shake, crash, (laughs) shake, 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 crash. Here's Star with her electric guitar. Wee, wazzle, wah. Wee, wazzle, wah. And here's Dan, beep, beep, the taxi man. That's the (laughs) Book. How, how many <laughs> how many days a week does she make you read that one um well the, see the brilliant part is she ripped a page out so we can't read it no more <laughs> oh no <laughs> and she Burned was like in your we could, though we could oh i could do the whole book right now 100%.
4: listen on a side note though if you ever decided that you wanted to add something else to your um you know your resume if you will of all of your things, I audiobooks. I feel like that you could totally take off with that there. Cause I was kind of mesmerized just when you were saying that little bit like, Ooh, tell me more. I just bought it on Amazon.
1: (laughs) It's a really good book. And what's crazy is that during the pandemic people just sent stuff to my PO box. And so that was one of the things I have no idea where it came from. I don't know who sent it to me. And I would pretend like I would prep for my show, but in all reality, I did 365 live streams at 8 PM for an entire year, every single day. I never was late and I never missed and never. And so at some point I legitimately was going insane. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) And so the idea of reading a book in advance, uh, no way and aaron was like somebody's gonna send you like a racist book oh, and you're yeah. not gonna have read it <laughs> and it kind of happened i don't know oh, really no, no. no. Oh, it God. wasn't it wasn't racist but it was from china and i don't think i still have it the book was from china and it was because the guy was like i my my kid really i don't know it, it, you, there's no voices in <laughs> The guy was like, "My kid really likes elephants, so uh, I'm gonna send you this book from uh, for, for, about elephants." And I get the book, and it was like, it made no sense. It was like Shang Chi likes ice cream and it was just like an elephant with ice cream and it was an hour long every page nothing made sense it was like the trash can is angry and you're like this was this it must have just been translated poorly and then put on amazon and so i i may have thrown it away but i didn't read the book in advance and then i mean my husband
2: lesson learned
1: lesson learned lesson learned I didn't read The Kingdom Keepers either, so I'm a little uncomfortable. No, don't no worry about
4: it. No, nobody hey, else here either for what? some reason. Nobody has one.
1: <laughs> Except for Joe.
3: Oh. I, thought it was I just good, found out like, about connection. it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's the only one that's read one. I read one? Yeah, that's good enough, right? We just listened no, to Alex I think talk. I, read, so. I,
4: I think I read the first one many years ago with my daughter when she was into that whole You
5: remember? She was she into reading? It? You don't remember? Ridley Pearson is an American author who has written over 50 novels. He was the first American to be awarded the Raymond Chandler Fulbright Fellowship in Detective Fiction at Oxford University. He went on to write 20 best-selling crime novels, which included Killer View and Killer Weekend. He later received the Quill Award from the Missouri Writers Hall of Fame. His most well-known series is The Kingdom Keepers. In the early 2000s, he was hired by Disney co-write Peter and the Starcatchers, along with Dave Barry. This adventure book was a prequel to the 1911 J.M. Barry novel Peter Pan. The story became very popular, resulting in four more Peter Pan books, joining the first as the Peter and the Starcatcher series. The first Peter and the Starcatcher book came out in 2004, and in 2005, his first Kingdom Keepers novel, Disney After Dark, was published. Disney After Dark would win the Sunshine State Young Readers Award in 2009. Disney After Dark follows five teens, Finn, Willa, Charlene, Maybeck, and Philby. They have been selected to become holographic park guides. But when it becomes night, they are transported into the park while they sleep at home. They find themselves trying to stop multiple Disney villains and the Overtakers from taking over the park and the world. The Kingdom Keepers became very popular and really had planned it to only be a five-book series. But after its success, Hyperion, a subsidiary of Disney Publishing Worldwide, pushed for the series to become a ten-book series. That's crazy to go from five to ten.
1: You know, you're a podcast about Disney history, and you think it's crazy to go from five to ten. Yes, they bought they bought Marvel, and they're like, "Wait, didn't this like hundred a cousin?" <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, there's like, there's like a movie about I don't know a Cockroach Boy, and it's like I don't understand. I don't know. That's what Disney does. Yeah, that's true. And it's money.
4: Now, I'm I'm really glad that we've had to say all over this about it being a kids book because if you were just tuning in and you heard Disney After Dark, you could think something very, very different <laughs> here. So we'll scream it again: kids book series, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Sunshine State Readers. You know, I'm a teacher, and mm-hmm. the Sunshine State Readers, pretty much what they do. They have like a, a you know, like 15 books and when the kids read a book they take a test right and they get these these little dog tags yeah. and um as a teacher i used to go ahead and read the books with the kids and the, and the books are really good like they're really good books right and then so because i used to read the books because the kids used to try to pull a fast one on me you know and be like oh i read this book i'm like okay well name some of the characters what happened in the story and they're like oh he really read it, whatever you know, like and they can't get one over on me. But it also motivates the kids to read the book because they're always like, "Mr. I what book are you? What book are you reading?" You know, I'm reading Kingdom Keepers, and all the kids are reading Kingdom Keepers. You know, uh, so and they're they're and some of the books, man, are pretty. They 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 touch up on some pretty um, hardcore topics. There's like a book one time I was reading and. It was about an earthquake and uh, pretty much the whole family, except for a little girl, you know, they went missing. And she was, the whole story was about her trying to find her family. And, and Kingdom Keepers? No, no, no. Was oh, I that's a little dark. Well, Kingdom Keepers is a little dark. You know, we, we it started off as the the author was a mystery, like crime novel writer, right? And it is kind of dark. It's very mysterious. And it, it, some of the parts on, on, of it, it are pre- definitely pretty dark.
5: Yeah, for sure. We'll get into a little of that in, here in, in history about how. Some of it is dark and it's surprising that Disney allowed it. But I think uh, I think it's interesting that he came from that background of, you know, detective fiction and was able to utilize it in the Disney work. I think it's cool that his first book he wrote was a a, a prequel to the Peter Pan novel. That's pretty cool. Have you guys ever read Peter a, Pan and Starcatch? A
1: huge, huge successful Broadway show too, the play Peter and the Starcatch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh
3: really?
4: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Very, very, very funny play.
3: I had no idea that was even a play. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. Really? Yeah.
4: It was, oh, so now I have to go back and look because I remember it generated quite a bit of hullabaloo when it came a out. A
2: hullabaloo? <laughs> what?
4: That's a big word.
1: Huh? Like the character from the Jungle Book? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> wasn't wasn't a character like a kite and got, went into the stands over Animal Kingdom or something? That's a
2: hullabaloo.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alex, did you have you ever read any of these books, or is it just you, Joe? No, I haven't me? read them. Just me. Why? What's well, going on? No, because I'm just curious. He wrote ten books. His first book was in 2007. Okay, no, 2000, uh, 2005. He wrote ten books in four years.
3: He, that's all he was doing, man. You know how Disney likes to do things. Remember the no, I, don't think, I don't think he's written. Yeah. I don't
5: think he's written ten completely for this series. I think the series only has uh, seven.
3: But still a lot. I mean, just like, you know, Ben was saying, when Disney picks up on something and they're making money, it's like just anything. Just throw it out and they throw it out quick. Yeah. Because they have the money to advertise. Right. And that's that's what a a lot of like, you know, there's movies that have been good, but didn't have good like ads. Right. And it didn't do well in the theaters, but, but but they were good movies. Right. And it has a lot to do with money. Pretty much everything has a lot to do with money
0: the promotion like like the rock the rock makes you want to see every single one of his movies that he that he comes out in because he makes every movie seem like it's going to be so good and then i go and see it i was like why did i why did i he tricked me again (laughs) no he he didn't trick me i'm
1: all for i'm like yes sir i will he takes his i don't care why he took his shirt off in the jungle cruise but i'm there baby i'll be your skipper i oh my god and, and he's really, nice. He's so yeah, nice. He is he super nice. nice.
0: <laughs> he made me want to work out when I had a cold. He's like, he's like working out with a cold. He's like, man, this is how you get your cold out. I thought I was going to die.
3: I don't know how this guy does it. He's the rock, man. He's awesome. He doesn't rest. Pearson acknowledged
5: in an interview that he does get some perks for writing these novels. At first, Disney allowed him to come to visit the park at 4.30 a.m. to do some research. But after his novel's success, he is given the ability to explore these parks at night after they've closed. Ridley explores behind the scenes of the theme park and studies every area with a staff member, telling him how it all works. He even was able to explore a cruise ship, sneaking around in the name of research. There are aspects of the rides or locations that Ridley is requested to not write about in his book, for safety reasons. He was quite shocked at how much Disney has allowed him to write the novel, with very little pushback. During the writing of Disney After Dark, Ridley wrote a scene where It's a Small World dolls swim onto the boat with the teens and bite them, drawing blood. Ridley was fearful this part of the book may be asked to be edited or even result in him being fired, but Disney allowed his creativity to soar. To promote the third book in the series in 2010, Disney released Kingdom Keepers Online, a top-view, action-based collaborative game where five players controlled one of the main characters. They had to work individually to clear a node. This game would eventually be shut down. The Kingdom Keepers series picked up steam as Ridley and Hyperion released a novel every year between 2010 and 2014. In 2013, Disney and Koliloquy, a tech company, launched Kingdom Keepers Insider. This website and app allowed readers to interact with Pearson and impact how the final book in the series was written. Users voted on elements and plot points, as well as even submitted their own ideas. Also in 2013, Riley released a Kingdom Keepers Insider exclusive book series called The Fairlies, which was a spin-off of the Kingdom Keepers series. This exclusive series followed Fairlies, Amanda and Jess, who have assisted to five Disney guides.
3: So, have a lot, you got?
5: This is a lot to unpack.
3: There, there's a lot to
5: unpack. <laughs> well, hold on. Ben, I saw you shaking your head when you heard about
1: the. It's a small world. Dolls come to life. I would punt one of those little chubby things. Across. I, I wrote it. I did Disney's Boo Bash, which yes. by the way, I would rather be eaten by a small world child than do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me that I just spent, I spent $150 and I still don't know for what, like, what did I get? I got a bunch of ice cream. That was it. I still don't know what I got. Was it anyway. good ice cream? I mean it was a premium bar but it wasn't even it wasn't even like the 50th anniversary premium bar it was like oh we had some leftover from the pandemic here finish this that's, incl- that's included with I mean, for $150, I want $150. a small world cherub to bite my toes. I, that's so weird. I, I, I can't believe Disney was like, "Yeah, you know what? I know it's weird, but we're gonna have the cherubs draw blood from from your main character." That's crazy, draw right? Draw blood. Yeah,
2: it is that's crazy.
1: crazy.
4: How about crazy. some? How about some um, unfairness there? How you guys have to stick to a script, but this guy can, you know, write something that's basically made out of nightmares, right?
1: no that that is not that's not fair at all but this i'm sure the, the guy got, you know you get to a point where they're like oh we still need four more books yep. from him keep the cherubs in let the cherubs bite
0: my favorite part about this is that uh he obviously didn't know what else to write so disney tricked people into having fans write their end of the book for them
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can pitch him ideas isn't that a great idea <laughs> they probably what they did was they said you don't want to write any more books then we're going to put you in the ride at night He's, they said you want to ride you want to get in at 4 30 in the morning fine but you're going to do it on it's a small world until you finish the book it's like twitching let let the readers decide whatever they want please, please let me see my family let me see my family Oh my but, gosh! But you know,
0: had, uh, uh, you, ahead, you can. Chris. So this is how you get into Disney. You just start writing a book about Disney, and then in the name of research, you get to go there before the crowd. That's how. That's how you. Yeah, beat but people. did
2: yeah.
1: you? You ever see that creepy movie that was filmed at dis secretly filmed at Disney? Oh no. yeah, yes. the, one the one at
3: Epcot, oh, right? Yes, yes, yes. What is this? Oh gosh, what was it called? You never saw this, Chris? No. Like oh my god! What, what is like it? a
1: murder at Epcot? Or first, first of all, it, it wasn't good. It was. An, <laughs> Awful, awful oh, It movie, was awful. But it was secretly filmed. They like brought in their cameras. Yes. And pretended to be families. So like they <laughs> actually hired people to pretend to be families so they could just get the cameras in. And so they these were shots from Disney World and Disneyland. And there were really? shots from, yeah, it would be like exterior, the contemporary, and it would really be the contemporary. And then you it was like a room from like the Ramada Inn was actually <laughs> what they filmed from the thing. You could have a good movie. All of that sounded amazing. I would have paid way more than I paid to see that, but it just wasn't a quick movie.
3: No, I think there was something that they found Walt Disney's head. And so there was like really weird like shots of them carrying around like a little doggy carrier, you know, and it was just really weird.
0: Didn't they do a similar thing with uh, SeaWorld? Blackfish? (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: but that was really from SeaWorld. No, no, no. <laughs> the different the difference is seaworld really did that <laughs> <laughs> hold on hold, no, spoilers, was, no spoilers no spoilers
4: the movie was called escape from tomorrow that was yes escape from
1: tomorrow yes it was, it was a creepy, wild ride, and it didn't make any sense. And, I, I, you know, I actually think Joe might be right. I think Walt's frozen head was there. In fact, when they released the movie Frozen, it was called Walt Disney's Frozen. And cast members were like, yeah, we know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Just as the final Kingdom Keepers novel, Insider, was released, another spin-off series was written and published in 2015. This new series takes the five Disney guides back to Disney on opening day, where they are needed, while also revealing the insight on the Overtakers and their origins. In 2018, it was revealed that the very popular series Kingdom Keepers almost had a show for Disney+. Kevin Smith was brought on to write and direct the series, but shortly after a new executive was put in charge, the project was terminated. Kevin Smith wrote on Twitter that one of the reasons was all the IP needed for the series to work. Really Pearson loves his book series and has even gone back to rewrite the series. In April 2020, the first three books in the series were re-released due to the series being updated. The Disney park, as well as technology, is always evolving, so Pearson wanted to make sure the series keeps up. He has changed some of the stories in order to include new rides and lands like Pandora, as well as making it current with new high-tech. With the release of the new updates, it was also announced that the original series Kingdom Keepers is returning with the new book Kingdom Keepers Inheritance. This new book is due to debut on March 8th, 2022. The story will follow a new set of kids who grew up in the Epcot commune, some being descendants from the original Five Guides.
3: So like Kevin they, Smith? Yeah, Kevin Smith. Like
2: Clerks? Yeah, Smith,
5: yeah, like Clerks Kevin Smith. Can you believe him being tied to a Disney show? Very no. strange.
2: <laughs> that's so like Alex's I favorite think, director. I, I love th- Kevin Smith. I
1: think you can get anybody tied to Disney. Oh, yes. All it takes is, is a paycheck, honestly. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah, Do you th- I agree with you. I can't imagine there's like... Really, anybody out there that would say no? To yeah, who says no? I no. think uh, I think this would be a cool show, an animated show.
3: Oh, I think it'll be cool for like Disney Plus. You know, yes. we talk talking about Disney Plus being a really good platform for shows just like this. I think this would be great. I mean, I would watch it.
5: Yeah, I think animated would work well because they have so much they need to add in with the IP, and uh, I think it would be pretty cool. I can't believe he's going back and rewrote the first three books to update it. That's like he has to love the series if he's doing that.
0: Well, it's is Disney not the best at taking the same thing and presenting presenting it to you slightly different? So you have to buy the same thing again. Yeah. Like I used to wonder why Iron Man got a new suit every movie or Spider-Man got a new suit every movie after, what, 100 years of him being red and blue. Now he's got red and black. And now he's got wings and stuff. And well, then I realized it was because new action figures need to be sold. That's right. It's the same thing with these books. You, you change uh, whatever, Big Thunder Mountain to flight of passage now you got to read the flight of passage version of
3: it
1: Yep, you're right but then also sometimes like not even changing anything like that beauty and the beast live action it was just beauty and the beast with people it's true and lion king and then well that's my favorite part about lion king is people were like wow it's a live action lion king no it's still (laughs) heck (laughs) yeah every part of it is still computer generated there's no they can't you can't get lions to move their mouth it's what? not like Mr. Ed are you serious this was <laughs> the, this like you you who are you putting po- and and they're like and and you'll never guess we got James Earl Jones he well he already did it like just take <laughs> the voice. you've already got the re- just pay the man you don't even have to bring him in just oh, use man. his voice I never understood that got me well right like and, and you said you hear like, can you believe kevin james <laughs> but but like look who they got to play pumba is you know the other guy what yeah his name? Uh, seth rogan so that's what i'm saying anybody mm-hmm. will do it yeah. right yeah
3: so give him the money it's yeah, true
0: but like I mean, you
1: said you say, can you believe he went back and did it again? Well, James Earl Jones did that lion twice, <laughs> and he, he knew he was gonna he knew he was gonna die, and he still did it.
0: <laughs> like, listen, we just need you to read your same exact lines from the '90s, all right? Here's and not change
1: any inflections, like not change anything. Nothing, nothing changed.
0: So you can just send it. You can just record this at home. You can send us your
1: own tapes. We don't care. We don't care. I mean, you would have to show me footage of him re recording this one <laughs> <lines> because, honest <laughs> to God, it sounds exactly the same. What's What's different?
0: And we're all in our seats, like, oh my gosh, it's James Earl Jones. They got him. James Earl
1: Jones. Yeah. Nothing's different. I mean, and he's been doing that since Star Wars, you know, voicing other people's work over since Star Wars. Yeah.
0: I don't know what's worse than like me paying the other opening night or me being like just as shocked when Mufasa dies again and just not not even expecting that to happen, thinking they might change
1: things up a bit. Same thing, line for line. For yes, and and then they did Aladdin, and they did Lady and the Tramp, and I will say Lady and the Tramp was a little better because it wasn't oh what's the word racist, so they took all those parts <laughs> out. It's probably a good move, yeah. Was, no, but was... I like that they were like, you know, we we really need to respect other people's cultures, except Italians. And out comes Tony, and he's like, I'm a still a racist. It's like no, like let's can we fix this? That'll <laughs> be for the next reboot. but I still cried like a baby. That's the thing is Disney still gets you. They're so good at storytelling. It doesn't matter how flawed they are. Their story is still such a good story that I'm willing Mm -hmm. to watch the whole thing. For sure. I mean, I'm paying for Disney (sighs) Plus.
5: Who 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 isn't?
1: Not sure. (laughs) You know who isn't? It's the cast member that decided they didn't need their main entrance pass and that they were going to use Uh, Disney (laughs) Plus.
3: Because they get it for uh, free or
1: whatever, right? There was an option back in 2020, when Disney Plus came out, you could take the Disney Plus Hulu. The package. ESPN package and give up your main gate. And we were, and everybody at Disney was like, who would be so stupid to do that? And then the pandemic hit and the parks were literally <laughs> closed. And there's some guy watching Disney plus for free going.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Is that a
1: lifetime thing? You're good for life? I think it's year to year. Every year okay. you have to make the decision. I know that, I don't know if it's still this way. If you make it 17 years at Disney, you get in for free for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. No, that's pretty cool. I made, it, I made it to 15, and I made the decision I, that I uh, that I was so done, I couldn't do two more years to get in for free for the rest of my life. So, so I paid $150 to have cherub children bite my toes for I They charge people $150 to go and spend three hours where all they get is ice cream. And then... My mother was like, cause I'm telling my mother about this and we're very, I mean, we were very stereotypical when it comes to being Jewish. So I'm like, t- can you believe that this is you know? Mm-hmm. So I say, Ma, you know, there was, my mom's like, well, at least you got a parade. And it wasn't a parade. It was called a cavalcade, yes, oh, one, gosh. one float four times. So four different <laughs> floats over the course of an hour. And that segment was 30 seconds. So you got a two minute parade that you had to stand there for an hour out of your three hour experience for.
3: That's kind of unbelievable.
0: And you see over in you see over in Disneyland what they're doing the Boo Bash. They got the zombie, uh, Captain America coming out. They
1: got and we got Pinocchio's ferret. <laughs> like give me a freaking break!
3: <laughs> but you know, you know, it's not going to change until people don't go because it's still selling out like crazy.
1: I will say the the nicest part is they capped the ticket. So it really did feel empty. And oh, I have cool. been COVID anxious since day one. In fact, I never, I didn't even leave my house for a full year. And once I got my shot, I was a little more adventurous, but this, I felt very, aside from that seven to eight, like getting past the fireworks crowd, I didn't, I was felt very safe, bored, but safe. <laughs> <laughs> now did you did you talk to jack or is he traumatized you as like he does me jack i mean i you. saw i saw him on the float and he just did like the weird slow thing and I, I don't like, get
0: the i don't get the uh
1: just give him a big round head i don't i don't
0: like the the real mouth yeah
1: the head is the head is really bad no my friend (laughs) runs a company and i don't i don't even know i don't know how these people get away with this stuff but it's a disney character company and it's on the side and she's doing a halloween event it was 30 bucks and it's 15 disney villains like the three is pocus jack and sally and i was like we got to go to this. it's 30 bucks
2: Mm -hmm. wow
1: so i was like i'll go to boobash with i did a you know, like a special with my fans and I went with them. And um, I'm glad they paid because I I really, I would have, if I if I paid, I would have been a schmuck. But I was very polite <laughs> to everybody. It was easy. It's easy when it's not your money. And, but I'm very excited to go to this because my kid will actually get, you know, see characters.
0: Yeah, yep. that's cool.
5: We hear Diziz think the Kingdom Keeper series is an amazing concept and even better books. Really, Pearson shows his passion and love for Disney through his writing. And we hope he continues to write more Disney-inspired novels for a long time.
3: You know, there's nothing better than smelling that Disney smell. If it's
4: walking into your favorite Disney resort or entering your favorite Disney attraction.
3: Three Cheeky
5: Chicks Wax Company offers an array of Disney-inspired scents in their home fragrance line, wax melts, scented candles, and room sprays. To bring your favorite Disney scents to your home, check them out at MagicallyScented.com. Do you need to go on a trip? Do you hate the hassle of organizing a vacation? Well, say hakuna matata and call Matthew over at Travel by Chewy. He is an expert who can arrange itineraries from a relaxing Hawaiian getaway to an exciting theme park adventure. The best part is his services are free. Call him at 507-261-9773. That was 507-261-9773. And just let him know Diz has sent you. Hey, this is AJ for the D-Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney+. Each week I'll bring you the latest news and rumours, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week we have a weekly movie club, where between October 25th and the 31st, we'll be featuring the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, and I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D plus club on all major podcasting platforms with new episodes every
3: Sunday. See you there. Ben, we all know Ben did something in the world of Disney. Ben, what did you do in the world of Disney slash news? I know we kind of talked about boobash, but you also did some other things, right?
1: We did a room at the contemporary. We did steakhouse 71 specifically. So we could just walk right over to boobash. Yes. Did you have
4: one of the new rooms, the uh, Incredibles
1: rooms? Yeah. And the the view was incredible, aside from the fact that they're keeping all of the press stuff for the Disney's 50th. So there's just like a bunch of trash in the front of the contemporary. So you see this gorgeous view of the sunset and Bay Lake and the castle. And then there's just trash. Work in progress, I guess. This is a $1,000 a night. Yeah. And Steakhouse 71 has a Tequila Sunrise. It says Ooh. two to four, or just Ben, <laughs> as I like to drink it. And it's $28, and it is the best Disney cocktail I've had. So wow, Steakhouse, really?
3: Steakhouse 71, that is where Wave used to be, correct?
1: Correct. They call it Steakhouse 71, and there's only three steaks on the menu. So I hope you like a filet, because... <laughs> Have
3: you been in a wave? How is it compared to the wave? Which one did you did you like better?
1: I had a soft spot in my heart for the wave. Me too. I I did like I like the prices of the wave better. <laughs> yeah. But Steakhouse 71, I think I enjoyed that meal better. Okay. But it was certainly not, I mean, anywhere near the best steakhouse I've ever been to. By far, I mean, not even Disney. I can think of four Disney steakhouses that I've been to that are better than this.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Interesting.
1: Because, I mean, that one at Yacht and Beach, the Yachtsman, mm-hmm. every time we go, it is Chef's Kiss, so good. And even La Salier at Canada, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shula's over at Swan and Dolphin, so I think so good. This have, was good. Have you been to California it, Grill? Have you had their steak? Yes, I did. Yeah, California Grill is a little bit of next level, I think. Every time we go, I think it's next level. But also, if you're not getting sushi at California Grill, then you might as well just vacation at Universal Studios. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you going if you're not getting sushi? Their sushi is the best sushi.
3: Really? So, over at the Wave, you know, kind of mentioned before, like the price, you know, there's probably a bit, like really big price difference between the Wave and Steakhouse 71. Uh, I mean, I remember just going in a Wave, going there, getting a reservation, going there, eating the burgers, which was, they had good burgers there. And then it's so nice. You can just walk on over to Magic Kingdom. It's like, what, a five minute walk?
1: Yeah, that's the best part. Yep. And you have your own security there to get into Magic Kingdom. It's oh, just nice. genius. And here's the thing I don't work for Disney. So, if I'm going to spend $30 to park, Why not spend $30 for dinner and then park for free and walk over? That to me makes sense.
3: No, no doubt about it. Okay, anything else? I saw your pictures at the Contemporary and looked like you guys had a a really fun time.
1: Again, I'm just going to say this. If you're not paying for it, anything can be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I know, really. I had a really great time and I absolutely enjoyed the company, but that I... I, who i don't understand how someone can charge that kind of money for anything but that's just me. yeah you're, you're you know right. i have was like scrolling through instagram all day yesterday going people are paying to get on the space mountain <laughs> yeah i know people crazy are paying oh, yeah. pay like a lot
3: of money too you're right you know what the worst part about all this
0: is is i'm looking at these prices and i'm adding i'm adding it to my budget i'm like okay I'm going to I'm gonna have to fight the bulletin. Can you imagine people have like a you know, couple years? They have I like have a family
3: of like five. You know, they're they're paying a lot of money for these fast passes. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I had to cross one kid off the future list. Now we're going from three to two. I can't. Afford it you're like
1: beating your <laughs> testicles with a hammer. You can't. You're like, no, I, can't, I can't afford number two.
3: <laughs> okay. Jen, how about you? What did you do? Oh, you didn't do anything. Alex, are you ready? Skip me. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. What'd you do?
5: Well, we watched a few Disney shows. We watched Disney's Magic Bake Off, which is a. A baking show with like teens, I should say. Okay. Uh, Competition show with my daughter. So it was kind of, that was kind of a good show. Is it like a one
3: time thing or is it like no, a whole? No, it's a series. Okay.
5: It's a series. Only like, I think it was like five episodes, but we watched one of those. And then we put on a zoo show from the Discovery Channel on D. And uh, that was pretty interesting. I like those zoo shows. What was it about? Um, it was on a zoo, and I think it was. It was in uh, North Carolina and they had like the oldest elephant in North America.
3: Elephant, really? Yeah. Kind of in that book?
5: Yeah. And they were doing like yoga stuff with it. So they would have the elephant like do yoga poses, like lift its left leg back, lift its right leg back, lift its left leg and its right back leg at the same time. Okay. To keep it like limber. So that it would can you know continue being you know able to age well, mm-hmm. it was uh
3: it was pretty good. Okay. Anything else? That is it. Okay. How about you, Chris? Well, since I wasn't on last
0: week, I uh, I'll talk about Comic Con. So I went to Comic Con, and uh, there was this Disney artist that I saw back in 2019. There, he worked on uh, Lilo and Stitch and Moana. So I bought some art from him when I went the last time. So I saw him again when I went this time. And I told this story on the No New Friends podcast, but I'll tell it again here. So I go up to the guy and um, this was two years ago. And this Comic-Con, there's thousands of people there. I I was at his booth the last time for five minutes. I bought a couple prints and that was it, right? So I go up to the guy and uh, I'm looking at the prints, seeing what I want. And then he comes up to me and I said, oh yeah, I actually bought some prints for me the last time I was here. He said, you know what? I remember you. And it just totally put a bad taste in my mouth. This (laughs) this guy now is just like trying to like- Maybe he remembered you, man. oh yeah yeah so then so then of course did sweeten me up i got like four of them so i bought four prints and when i'm leaving he shakes my hands he goes now remind me of your name again I'm like come on man like you never knew my name but i did get <laughs> some really good prints and of course uh i got my uh, baby yoda i got um big Dreamfinder, dream Finder, the haunted mansion ghost. i forget one other one but yeah he, he got me for four and the, it, with inflation prices were pretty pretty hefty this year and I, yeah yeah so a lot of my money went to went to him. I knew he really needed it. Working for Disney, I know Disney doesn't pay much, so I'm glad that I was able to. He works. So he works for him. Disney. Yeah, he's an illustrator for okay. Disney. He worked on. Uh, I think Moana was his last film, but wow! Yeah, now he's just swindling people like me. At <laughs> 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 Anything worked. else? Um, no, that's it. That's about it for me.
3: Okay. Well, I. Uh... Watched the Muppets Haunted Mansion, which was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Right. Watched with uh, Nick and and Mel. Yeah, it was really good. And I think it kind of opens up to the the Muppets kind of doing other rides.
5: I agree. That would be, I think they could definitely, like every year, do a ride.
3: I think they're doing one for like Christmas. I forget the name of it though. Right. Like, no, no, I think they're going to do like a Muppets, like you know, some type of Christmas one that's very similar to Haunted, the Haunted I Mansion. I mean,
1: one. God forbid they do a Hanukkah feature. <laughs> I, I mean, they should. Gonzo, let let him host a Hanukkah party. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Just somebody tell me what? Wh- why does Disney, you know, they they do a thousand things for Christmas, and then they're like, "Here's a plate for latkes."
2: Yeah, but you're right.
1: That's what you sell me. My favorite. I'm at the Christmas shop. It's called Ye Old Christmas Shop at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I think that's what it's I called. I think you're right. And th- they've got two things for Hanukkah. So I walk in and I buy both things. I buy the plate that says happy Hanukkah, and I buy the ears that say, eat my latkes, I don't know. And I give them to the lady, and the lady hands them back to me, gives me my receipt, and she says, proud as can be, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man, just did a lot of uh, Hanukkah movies. There
1: was that one with, um... One yeah, with I, I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, the only Hanukkah movie I can picture in my head is the adam sandler yep. a-, a crazy night crazy night yeah. yes you know i wrote a sketch as hanukkah harry and i did it for the jcc and i put it in my st- <laughs> i loved it so much i put it in my stand-up act yeah that there's no punchline to that story all of that we were waiting we were all this, like, waiting little
0: skit here now we were <laughs> no, kind
3: of hoping, I, we were hoping I, you're gonna do kind of like what you did with the book were you kind of saying that i know i thought you were gonna start like
1: singing or something Oh, my favorite joke in that is first comes the present of little Toddy. All he wants is to learn karate. I gave him a bagel. Well, don't you know? He said, What's this? I said, Judo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I just I think the problem is though, we we're we are we are getting more and more. I don't know what the right word is, but politically correct that some things maybe we can't do anymore. And so I, Gonzo probably is not gonna be making a Hanukkah movie anytime <sighs> it's soon. Safe to say. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, you guys ready to do the giveaway real quick
2: before yeah, let's we do it. Uh, oh, yeah. end the show? Forgot so we're gonna be it.
3: doing a giveaway for Ben's book. Uh what what we're Oof. gonna go and give it away. And what what's the the title of the book? It's um Goody Ben
1: makes lemonade.
3: Goody Ben makes lemonade. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do. I have my little wheel up with all all of our Patreon members. I'm gonna all spin right. it right
1: now. Let's
3: it's spinning. It's gonna be Emily. Emily. Yeah, Emily won. All right. Awesome. So congratulations, congratulations, Emily. Yeah, we're going we'll go ahead and send that book out to you. And uh... and
0: Emily is a teacher, and we'll be using that book a lot in her classroom. Yeah. So it's it, really it,
2: cool. It,
1: I, None of the language that you heard tonight that I'm sure has been edited out will be in that book.
0: <laughs> that book was going to be
1: pre-read, yes, before before she read it out loud. <laughs> I did do during the pandemic an adult only show where I read Go the Fuck yeah! f- to Sleep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's one of using. my favorite. Have you heard the
3: Samuel L. Jackson? Well, he is he he did the audio for that book, right? I don't know. Yes, probably. did. Yeah, it it's, it's
1: really a, funny. It's amazing. But I wrote an entire variety show, an hour-long variety show that night that ended with reading that book.
0: And that's funny. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know it was a book. Emily tells me that all the time. I just, now she's just really into literature.
1: I, didn't, I
2: had no idea. <laughs>
1: I can't imagine any, I, people tell me all the time, I have so much trouble sleeping. I mean, I don't know, maybe my conscience is clear, but I have never, yeah. ever had trouble sleeping. I fell asleep uh. during Squid Games the other night. Oh. My husband's like, Wait, you gotta wake up. The guy's <laughs> taking eyeballs out of the dead people. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm asleep. We don't want, we just don't want to have enough time for TV, but we did watch that Muppets movie that you talked about. What'd you and think? It was very good. Yeah, I fell scary. asleep to that too. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I really did. Selling me over did, here. Like, but it was very funny. I, the, here's the thing about the Muppets. They're old school borschtbelt comedians and they really just get, I think, get humor.
0: I love how self-aware the Muppets are. Because like whenever you, you try to pitch someone like, hey, you know, you got to watch the Muppets, man. These puppets are hilarious. So, yeah. Well, they know that they're puppets like they yeah. like they they know the humor they should be conveying. It's really funny.
1: Yeah, it's so great. And if you ever go back and watch Jim Henson do the voice of Miss Piggy, it's just like amazing.
0: Yeah. What did I I watched the um, I think it was it was the uh, documentary on the guy who plays Elmo and he had a lot to do with Jim Henson. Uh-huh. It's just so it's so crazy how these these like you gain a just a bigger appreciation with people who created this stuff. It's it's pretty hard. It looked like it was pretty hard to kind of pitch the idea of a puppet show and look what it become. Now it's it's, yep. it's still super popular. It's in 2021.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And and now Disney uses puppets to make all of their movies come to life in the parks. When I mean, The Lion King is puppets and Nemo yeah. is puppets. And yeah, that's I, true. When I saw the Little Mermaid in New York, that was puppets. Everything's puppets. It's just puppets. It's crazy what they can, uh, it just, we just keep on
3: paying them. Yeah. And before we go, actually, oh, yes. uh, do you want to kind of promote your social media one
1: more time? Sure. I'm at EquityBen on Instagram. Please come and join in on the fun. We post stuff daily as well as my cooking show on Mondays and Wednesdays. Any schmuck can cook. You can grab my book by clicking the link in the bio of my Instagram. It's called Goody Ben Makes Lemonade, available on Amazon and at Walmart.com because apparently I made a deal with the devil.
3: Okay. So that's the his on Kingdom Keepers. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. And I'm at Equity Bam. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.